Hello everyone, this is Sonali Mangal and welcome to another episode of Learn, Educate, Discover. On this podcast, we invite people from different professions on each of our episodes and we ask them a range of questions to try and understand what their job is all about. The goal of this podcast is to try and educate our listeners about as many different kind of jobs as we can so that someone listening to the show can decide does a certain job sound interesting to them and if yes, how do they go about exploring it further. Now, on today's episode, our guest is an entrepreneur in residence at Amazon. Her name is Jai Lang, and she'll be sharing with us what such a program is like. Entrepreneur in residence programs are found in a lot of technology companies and a lot of venture capital firms. So companies such as Google, Cisco, they all have some version of this program. So Jai will be sharing with us her experience in this program. And she'll also be sharing with us her journey and how she got into this program. She joined Amazon as a product manager. And then she did a lot of creative things. She took a lot of initiative to actually get into this program. So I think this discussion is going to be very helpful, not only for people who are interested in something like this, but pretty much for anyone, because Jai shares a lot of examples, which can be applied by pretty much anyone to their careers. In terms of Jai's background, she has a bachelor's in economics from Beijing Foreign Studies University, and she has an MBA from the Wharton School, University of Pennsylvania. So I hope you enjoy today's discussion. And with that, let's welcome Jai. Jai, hello, welcome to the show. Hi, hi Sonali, how are you? I am super excited about this discussion because yes, of course I'm super curious about what you're doing and what this job is like, but I'm I think more curious about your meeting with Jeff Bezos because I'm such a huge fan of Jeff Bezos and you had to present your proposal to him, I guess, right? For this move Correct. to happen. Yeah. So we'll definitely go into a lot of details there, whatever you can share. Um, but why don't we start with a very quick snapshot of your career path so far? And also, what got you interested in tech? Because you haven't been in tech throughout, correct? Totally. So I sort of stumbled upon in technology. I had a econ degree in undergrad. And when I first graduated, I figured, well, I haven't really exactly figured out what I want to do with my career. So I decided probably the best way to start is to join management consulting so that I can explore a variety of industry. So I started my career with AT Kearney and then wondered about between consumer products, energy, etc. And really found a lot of my interest goes into renewable energy products. Mm. And then three years come around, I decided to take a break and did my graduate school study, uh, went to Wharton, during which actually I still had a heart for pursuing renewable energy. And it turned out that year happened to be when all the investment in renewable energy in the U.S. Uh, flopped. Uh, oh. Obama's investment in Solyndra went down. So overall, the market for renewable energy is just not hiring. Mm. So I was thinking, hmm, I'm very interested in hard technology, renewable energy, like power, uh, power smart grids and uh, electric vehicle. Mm-hmm. But then it's actually um, the renewable energy industry moves so slow that I figured, how about trying a new type of technology that moves a lot quicker, which turns to be internet and web-related services. So it was during my business school, I transitioned from hard tech to soft tech. Mm. Then I joined Amazon Web Services right out of school. 
And that started my whole journey into internet and technology and the, all the faster pace of innovation. Gotcha, gotcha. I mean, it's it's really impressive that you made the move because you joined AWS, Amazon Web Services, as a product manager, correct? Which is, I mean, so, you know, so, you know, one is joining as a product manager for a, for a more, like a more consumer-oriented product, right? But you joined a mm. very hardcore tech product. And from what you've just told me, you don't have a lot of technical experience, at least prior to AWS. So uh, was that a challenge in any way? You're very right. So actually, there, there are two things. A, why did I choose the h- hardcore tech? And B, how hard was it yeah. <laughs> in the beginning? So A, I had a very simple thought, which is how can I maximize my learning and growth potential? So when it comes down to choosing my first job after business school, I simply wanted the job that can stretch me the furthest. If I fail, I fail fast so that I can learn. So when I was looking at all the jobs in Amazon, I I knew that I've done uh, consumer products. I knew I've done ops. But hey, web services, technology, that's the hardest core and the furthest away from what I can do. So let's start from there. Mm. Um, So I intentionally end up in the environment where I'm the least comfortable but I also know that I intentionally go for the least comfortable so that I can learn and grow. But yeah. then to your question, how was it like to be in the tech role in the tech world when you know I didn't have a computer science degree? The first is A, it is hard. It is hard because what product manager does is to drive the roadmap and to understand customer pain points and to derive not only solutions, but also the prioritized set of feature sets. To do that, it is really important to understand customers' pain points, to really understand a lot of time the technical details. So the lack of tech background in the beginning, it was hard for me to even understand what my customers mean mm-hmm. and what they're talking about. Uh, but that being said, not having a degree or something doesn't mean we cannot grow strong at the domain. So for me... The first, I remember the first, when I first received the offer in December, I knew I'm going in for this hardcore tech. So starting then, start learning, picking up all the cloud, uh, cloud-related cloud courses, going through Coursera and doing my CS 101. Mm-hmm. And then by the time I got to Seattle in the summer in August, I started to ramp up with a team and then literally sitting down with all my engineering peers and then quickly find mentors and identify, hey, what are the most important things I need to know mm-hmm. so that I can understand my customer? And here's what I already know, mm-hmm. right? It's not like I haven't done my homework, but help me grow to the um, to the direction I need. So one example was uh, the first product I was building and launching was Amazon, uh, Amazon Trusted Advisor. Uh, it is a cloud optimization platform to help customers do better with their resources on AWS to improve their reliability, reduce cost, and improve security, etc. And my learning path has been quickly identifying the areas that I'm very knowledgeable and strong for, which is cost optimization. I start from there and quickly earn trust from both my customers and my engineering team. 
in essence, for cost optimization, our goal is to identify the underutilized instances, say EC2 instances, and turn these off for customer so that customer can save. So even though EC2 instance is new, even though cloud experience is new, but quickly identifying what these resources are can help our customer optimize their cost. So that's sort of my entry point um, to start launching additional features to expand the cost saving from EC2 instance to S3 to other um, resource uh, available on AWS. So through that, build trust and earn credibility with my team. And that also lead, give me confidence to continue to learn more about um, other aspects of the Amazon Web Services core services. Right. No, I mean, this is such an impressive attitude to have, Jai. And uh, I mean, I wish everyone had that, including myself, right? But one thing which I am curious about, so I mean, what stands out for me is that A, as soon as you got your job offer, you did your homework. So you were not daunted by getting into something so technical without having any prior experience with the field. You sort of went all in and started studying. And then when you joined Amazon, you immediately made it a priority to understand what is it that you needed to know in order to do well in your job. And you also realize that it's important to gain your team's trust very quickly. So you sort of focused on that because once you have that trust, you can start to experiment and do other things. Uh, I am curious about, though, that uh, was this a challenge when you were recruiting during your interviews? Mm. The funny you ask, the way Amazon does the MBA recruiting actually allows everyone an even play field. Mm-hmm. When back then, that was 2011, 2012, when, uh, when Amazon was recruiting, the interview was not role sp- specific, meaning everyone is recruiting for a product management role. Okay. And then the specific placement happens after the offer is granted and the candidates can continue to network and identify the team they want to be in. Oh, interesting. Now, okay. Yeah. So now that has changed because Amazon also realized that there is a specific requirement on technology. So later on, the uh, product management hiring evolved into product management, like the classic PM, mainly focused on business and customer experience, and uh, they added a new category called product management technical. Mm. So for, actually from my year on and later, candidates must have a CS degree oh, okay. or previous tech experience to even apply and quantify for PMT. So on that note, I am extremely lucky. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. Yeah. Well, good for you. Good for you. So yeah. then, yeah, let's let's talk about entrepreneur in residence. So uh, just to get the timeline correct, you were working as a product manager for how long then before you made this move? About two years and a half. Two and a half years. Two and a yeah. half years. Okay. Uh, so yeah, tell us what does an entrepreneur in residence do? Yep. So entrepreneurs in residence, don't let's don't get the, don't be followed by that title. What that means is someone that is tasked to identify and build a business. And this is a very t- typical title. Either you can find that in uh, l- uh, larger companies and also a lot of venture capitals run their EIR hmm. program. 
So you have to identify and build a business. And, and you're correct that uh, a lot of large tech companies and VC firms tend to have an entrepreneur in residence. But elaborate on that. Are there, in, in the sense, I'm trying to understand, mm-hmm. uh, is this sort of just another job that you can apply to? Or, or is it like a... <laughs> yeah. Is it like a program where, you know, yeah. you have to go in with a business proposal? How does it work? Mm, yeah, totally. That's what makes sense. Um, so I want to touch upon uh, two pieces. A, what is this program in Amazon? What's, what the background is it? And then B, how, how did I land in this role? So the first part is for any large companies, the only way for them to remain relevant is to continue invest in innovation and new products. One example is if we look at Forbes, the top 100 company, every 20 to 40 years, it will shuffle and only 4% left. Mm -hmm. So the only way any business remain relevant is innovation. In Amazon, there are two modalities of innovation. Type one innovation are those improvement, incremental improvement based on what our customers tell us, saying based on the existing business, uh, say in uh, EC2, for example, a customer was asking, we need container service. Therefore, Amazon introduces the EC2 container service as a result. And then there are the other type of innovation are more radical in nature. It requires more resource and higher appetite for risk, say investment between three to five years, um, looking into blank space domains where the company that is currently not working so that it can continue to delight and delight our customers. And the program I am in is a part of the type two innovation. And my organization, my, my program is one of several programs that focuses on the type two innovation. Interesting. Interesting. Okay, this is super helpful and really clarify. So, (laughs) uh, so you are sort of doing this more radical, potentially disruptive innovation, which can really help the company sort of stay ahead of the curve and continue to do new things. So, so it sounds like a program, correct? And so how do you get into this program? (laughs) Yeah, and the reason I giggle is, uh, Instead of I found this program, the program found me. And this is equally true to the other EIRs I see in our program. Um, So first of all, this organization, the one I'm in, is extremely secretive. They do not talk about it for the part of remaining our product concepts as a customer delight when we launch. Mm -hmm. Um, So the way I stumbled upon it was... I first spent two and a half years building and launching cloud-based enterprise-focused applications in AWS, and I've earned a reputation of a builder. Mm. And then after launching two products, I started to realize, A, I really entertained this builder part of me, and I am not satisfied by the incremental improvement I can do. So one example being back then, this is almost two, three years ago, uh, the first voice-based in voice based, uh, assistant Alexa got introduced and I started already to draft some business proposals 
to my VP saying, here's some of the concept I have. My VP said, great idea, but these probably will take a longer period of time, more investment. So we can't entertain it right now. So these are a, a signal that a, I'm on the right track. I'm thinking the right thing, but probably I need a different avenue. And then um, that didn't deter me. So I started to work on evening projects, uh, using evenings and weekends doing site projects. Nothing stops a creative mind. Nothing stops someone that is product thinking and thinking about um, a product innovation. So I started to build uh, proposals, and two of which uh, I've been circulating across the company, finding different VPs, different orgs to pitch, participate in Hackathon, and showcase my demos. And these got traction. And as you're glad to say, th- those two projects, one is uh, Amazon Photo Printing, Oh. Um, which was launched last July. This and was then, your project? <laughs> and then the other one was the uh, the smart lock feature so that we will support, uh, we'll, we'll reduce the lost packages for customer. And this just announced um, the Amazon lock service. So I pitched these two concepts to individual teams. Um, great response. Unfortunately, these teams back then didn't have a headcount, so I didn't get to join and do work on the projects. But I'm really excited that a after you know, two years, I can finally talk about these ideas. Um, so net-net, the whole exercise took me about a year to continue to build and socialize some of the concept I have while I was doing my day job at AWS uh, working on the um, Amazon Workspaces product. And and then it happened so that in one of the presentation I did in the audience, someone from the ER program was there. So they reached out to me after Hmm. saying, hey, Jai, you were really interested in your experience. Can you come and give us a talk? Interesting. yeah, of course, happy to. Yeah. So I went went to this group. I did a presentation about this other concept I have been working on. I can't really discuss yeah. any detail, yeah. but but yeah. um, and then after round of conversation, there more interest, and then so the leader of the group um, reached out saying, "Hey, Jai, we're really interested in your experience. Here's an opportunity. You can join us, spend a year, work on pretty much a blank space." Our goal is to identify and pitch new businesses to Amazon that has a potential of building into the billions. Are interested in joining us? Wow! <laughs> so, what? <laughs> this is awesome, and I have yeah. so many questions. But complete your story. Oh yeah. So well, he said, uh, "Do you want to join us?" So back then, I already actually uh, went through some of the accelerator program outside of Amazon um, for another, for this concept. But then when I heard the several things, A, the autonomy we were given, and B, the amount of support we will have to lead to a billion scale business, I'm like, I'm saying, yes. (laughs) But of course, in the surface, I'm telling the leader, let me think about it, I'll get back to you. But then um, I took the weekend, really going through um, all the factors, and then come back the Monday, uh, I told him, yes, I'm in. Bring it on. (laughs) This is awesome. So, you know, for me, I think the most impressive thing is that 
one you know you 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 saw that okay you know in your job as such there wasn't really scope for doing something too radical uh, but the, you didn't let that stop you from continuing to work on your ideas but i think what's really impressive is that you actually found people in the company to go and pitch to and you somehow convince them to give you i, I don't know half an hour of the of of their time so that you could present your ideas <laughs> to them because I, I i mean unless and until this is the culture at amazon i mean, I, I don't think a lot of people do that right like they, they'll they'll have ideas but they don't really take this next step of actually developing the idea and pitching it to other people in the company uh you're you're giving me more credit yeah but it's true actually. it's pretty amazing <laughs> um though i i would uh, echo your comment that the culture of the organization defines the tone so on that note amazon is doing a great job in fostering this concept of customer centricity meaning everyone is encouraged to think about what we can do for our customers and then because of that we have the data we can use that to communicate and therefore there's a culture of listening hmm. Hmm. there's a culture of being open to new ideas and also again echoing to the two i would say the foundational culture pieces which is customer centric and constantly invent and simplify right so so then going back to how you got into the program so then i mean it, it's a, it's a lovely coincidence that uh, in one of your many presentations someone from this program was there in the audience and then they reached out to you so uh, to get into the program if i remember correctly you you had mentioned when we were just talking about the podcast was that you had to also present your proposal to jeff bezos ah so um that part it comes later <laughs> okay okay comes later okay got it okay got it yeah. so so then so uh, oh wait so just just one last clarifying point about the program itself mm-hmm. that uh so it seems that you know it's like an year long opportunity right and mm-hmm. you, you sort of make a go of whatever your idea is and then depending mm-hmm. on how it works out you know we'll talk about what happens generally like can you apply also for the program or mm. is it always that they have to f- somehow hear about you from somewhere mm-hmm. yeah so from the sourcing perspective um our program at amazon it runs more on a reach out perspective so the mm. group will constantly send out fillers for individuals that is a great culture fit again entertaining that constant um innovative mind who really thrive to delight our customers and have ability to build so we are constantly sending filler hours to identify those individual and there are several mechanism we do that in our group <clears throat> and I then at the same okay. time okay. there are also we're also entertaining applications so whenever there is a role made available online we are entertaining applications but a lot of time is even before we get to that stage um we fill our pipeline through referrals hmm. meaning people know people who are uh, like minded and also we have established this very scalable platform within amazon called a think big competition um it is a competition open to everyone at amazon who can submit their business proposals it's just started 3 years ago hmm. this is the second time in the running everyone can pitch their concept and then those who 
proceed to the last round, get to pitch to the S team, which is Jeff and his direct reports. And those who are um, receive the favorable votes get to also spend some time with our group. So I would say they're the, the path of, again, people driving themselves towards this program and also internal referral. Gotcha, gotcha. And are you restricting yourself to people inside Amazon, like who are already working at Amazon, or do you also not at people? all, okay. not at all. Okay. So again, a, the internal sourcing platform is only available to Amazonian. But when we talk about a diversified group of individual, I would say in this group, in the program I'm in, there since it's been around for three years, I am the two out of probably 15 of us that are Amazonian. Everybody else are external. So they joined the they joined as an entrepreneur in residence. They joined the company as an EIR. Correct. And then, of course, they take different like business category, like um, based on their job family, etc. Right. But yes, right. of course. Um, yeah. So we start with, say, 12 months exploration period. And this time is fairly similar to the other EIR program. And then during this time, individual is tasked to um, identify an area or domain of our interest. And also, of course, we constantly receive feedback, feedback from senior leaders. Mm-hmm. And then throughout that process, we use the model of Amazon working backwards documents. So we write one pagers yeah. <laughs> in document yeah. to quickly capture our idea and concepts for those who gain tractions we start to put more data and prototypes behind that. And the exit round is a pitch to Jeff to receive funding. We call that the seed round. And oh, that is okay. a turning point from the ideation phase into the op- operation phase. Oh, wait. So let me understand that. So once you're in, in the program, then you have to spend 12 months or something like that first just coming up with your concept and figuring out what market is good and you present, write your one pager and work on your proposal. And that has to be then reviewed by Jeff Bezos in order to get funding. Correct. I Meaning we're, uh, we're receiving a check from the world largest venture capital, which is yeah, Amazon. Of, of course. <laughs> so that means that, so, okay, I get it now. So that, which means that it's, it's possible that after the one year, your proposal for some reason does not appeal to Jeff and his team, in which case you just mm-hmm. go back to doing whatever inside or outside Amazon. Uh, Correct. Right. Okay. Or you get funded, in which case you have to then build a team, etc. So you are right now at what stage? <laughs> um, so I've made with Jeff this June. Oh, right. Okay. So you... C rounding, C oh, yeah. round, and then... Cool. <laughs> Congratulations. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Um, it's a so... really fun journey. And now... Over the past couple of weeks, I built a team. In 12 weeks, I built a team of 12 people. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Yeah, so that was a really fun journey. So now we're um, actually getting ready for our Series A by the end of this year. Oh, so your next round of earning. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. so so for that, uh, so how long did you spend working on your proposal? A year? Yeah, so in my case, it's actually slightly longer. So I started in this group June uh I started in this group in January 1st, 2016. It's a great way to start the year is to start a brand new venture. And and then I got funded, 
my pitch to Jeff was in June this year, 2017. So roughly give or take yeah. um, about 18 months. But during that 18 month, here's the journey. I've looked through three major industry uh, segments and tossed around at least about 30 proposals. Okay. And then it was at around November, December time that I arrived at the first generation of the project concept that I'm that got me approved gotcha. or funded. Gotcha. Yeah. yeah. So so in that way, I sort of hit the initial twelve months, and then I get some grace period because of the uh, the concept got tra- traction. So I get to spend about three four months building a very solid case for this concept. Hmm. Hmm. And throughout this time, <laughs> are you working alone? Um, correct. Hmm. Correct. So I was a, a solo founder. At the same time, I have a pretty robust support network, meaning I was able to hire a part-time and contract team to support me. But I would say in the most ideal case, it would be terrific that I could have co-founders, like a small team between one to between two to four people. I would say that's a perfect size. Had I had that support or I would say the iteration process can be done in a lot accelerated way, a.k.a. another takeaway from that is it is known in the startup world, solo founder, solo foundership is really really tough so in my next venture or for anyone that is interested (laughs) in the startup world um, find a co-founder that is going to make life easier and make the journey a lot more fun (laughs) so so then tell us about the jeff bezos meeting how was it um so the meeting was great you know after a year spending a year and a half doing idea iteration towards the time we're going to meet him, I'm like, yes, I'm really passionate about this idea. At the same time, it's like, wow, um, still have this, you know, butterfly in the tummy, uh, tummy saying, what will this world richest guy respond? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's he like but, in, I mean, because, you know, obviously, you know, as an outsider, it's just what you hear in the media. So what's he like in person? Like, was there something which stood out for you that was unexpected or a surprise? So his laughter <laughs> is really contagious. When he laughs, you can feel the tremor across the table. So that's definitely something to stick out. But I would say, um, A, it was quite nerve-wracking preparing that conversation. Uh, knowing is a pretty important decision because I only have one go. Hmm. Right. The benefit of this program is I can get funded by the world's largest VC. But the downside of the, this program is it's pretty risky. Right. I only have one go, is yeah or nay. Um, but what happened was um, the meeting with him got rescheduled like two, three times. So oh, yeah. <laughs> it got pushed out from like, I think, May time frame to June. So by the time... We finally about to have the meeting. I'm like, thank goodness, let's have this. I just give me an answer, and you know, we can I can have life in peace. Um, so walk in the walk in the door. The Amazon pitch session is not presentation. The Amazon pitch session is run by document. So everyone come in, sit down, read 
our pitch document, which is a six pager narrative mm-hmm. in Word documents, seriously, and appendices, et cetera, et cetera. So we have an hour session. And then the first 15 minutes was everyone sit down and read. Hmm. So that was actually kind of, you know, I was <laughs> seriously looking around saying, hmm, how's everyone doing? <laughs> Which page is everyone on? What note are they making, etc. So the first 15 minutes, it was like, hold my breath, count down. But then when everyone look up, I was inquisitive saying, oh, my God, what's going on? He was sitting right across me. Um, the first thing he said was, ding, 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 you have a winner. Oh, wow. Yeah, I'm like, I wasn't expecting that, right? I thought about all possible solutions. He, he could be, this is fine, go do it. I'm going to give you like 25% of what you asked for. Or he said, no, it's not good, etc. But that wasn't that wasn't expected. So he came back with, A, this terrific concept, amazing effort to identify this uh, problem space and believe in the market. Let's have conviction. Let's get the product out to the market fast. Yeah. Yeah. I am so impressed, Shai. I know you can't talk about what you're working on, but I'm so curious. Like, okay, what is this? <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, this is amazing. And I'm sure this must have been, this must have felt like a huge personal win for you, right? I mean, you just created something or created the proposal for something which convinced someone like Jeff Bezos. That's amazing. Thank you for that. I think... I would say I celebrate I, I celebrate that at the same time it's really something larger than just me myself because what excites people is the fact that we're working for a cause. A cause meaning something bigger, something not just saying I want to be the first one doing something. It's actually the impact of de- developing this product or this concept. <laughs> and and also what I also took away from that discussion is A, have conviction. What Jeff really come across is when we identify a great opportunity, let's have conviction, let's go all in. And then the second part is let's deliver the customer delight. We don't care about the brand name of, you know, whether you know, Jai is the first person, pitches this idea, but let's focus on actually building it, like actually delivering it. So that's actually very empowering um, to focus on building. One thing many EIRs or entrepreneurs are struggling with is the amount of ambiguity. When we are tackling into a new market domain, there's so many unknowns. Customer may have never dreamt about a product. How do they even describe whether they like it or not? But this conversation really pointed out a, a framework that I've been using, which is in time of chaos or ambiguity, focus on three things. What is the goal? What is approach? And what is outcome? And that was exactly the conversation we had with Jeff is our goal is clear. Our approach is clear and our outcome is clear. Let's go figure it out. Let's get the right people. Let's have the right resource, but let's go figure it out. Yeah. So now that you you have your seed funding from from Jeff and his team, are you what 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 are you now? Are you um, like the CEO of this startup inside Amazon? 
what exactly is your role? Um, my official title is initiative lead. In my organization, I'm the founder and the CEO of the org. And though in our internal um, phone tool, we actually don't have the CXO um, title. We thought is the is a company culture thing. We thought is kind of um, snobbish <laughs> to use that title. Yeah. Um, so in essence, I'm the founder and I'm the leader for this group. And then with our initial funding. Um, I was able to build up the team. Now we're at a team size of 14, um, going through this very quick concept iteration phase and then doing our early early stage working prototype right. as a proof of, uh, proof of concept. And then we can move on our Series A that we're currently working on, the funding to get us to um, market launch. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and I'm sure like now, now you're basically sort of trying to prove the product and get to product market fit and so on. So but but in terms of your role, I mean, you are sort of playing the role of a typical founder. So you're looking for certain kind of engineers and certain kind of marketing. Do you have to hire your mm. own marketing person? Or do you? Mm. Or are you sharing yeah. Amazon's resources? Yeah, great question. So for my initiative, I'm responsible to hire up my team, the core team. The core team being my function leads, like our engineering team, our design team, and product team. So the one benefit of being an internal initiative inside of a larger company is we get to use the shared service, mm-hmm. such as finance, legal, and we receive recruiting help right. as well. Right. So that's really helpful. The It also can be a interesting headache sometimes because in the very young, nimble, scrappy startup team, we're uh, looking for individuals who are very nimble, who can do multiple things. For example, we're looking for a designer who can also do quick prototyping and build technical models, et cetera, or quick demo concept video. Right. And then when it comes down to the traditional job hiring family, we sometimes don't find a good match. There is no good way to describe the fungible individual we're looking for. So that's a little nuance we have to work through. Right, right. And then do you have a manager? I'm gu- I mean, guessing not, but as in... Oh. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. It's me. a great question. I do, I do. So the... When it comes down to org structure, um, my, initi- my initiative my own startup rolls up to the head of the our incubation program. Hmm. So this is a VP at our company. And then recently we just had a, a reorg where um, approved or funded initiatives will roll to a different leader who oversees all the operation, which actually makes a lot of sense. And hmm. then this operation leader rolls up to um, the VP, the head of the incubator. So that makes a lot of sense because uh, between ide- ideation and operation, it uses different part of our muscle. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, this yeah. is helpful. So so uh, one is sort of the performance of your own, uh, of, you know, the startup, I guess, that you're working on, right? So you, you've crossed your first milestone, you've, ra- you've raised your seed round, now you're mm-hmm. pushing towards the Series A, which is going to be given to you if you meet certain metrics, I'm guessing. Um, yeah. Is your own performance linked to how your startup does or or is that separate? Totally, okay. <laughs> totally. So I would say... The how how is success as a 
I was a C, meaning a CEO role measured. Mm-hmm. A is whether we deliver to our product plan. Our goal is we want to build this amazing product and also deliver the customer delight. So that's the first part. And the second part is I'm also assessed of how effective of a leader I am. As a leader of our initiative, guide the team through a period of ambiguity, build the team and develop them. Um, the reason, I mean, that makes a lot of sense, right? I mean, you're basically operating as a founder inside Amazon. So all the all the good things and the bad things of running your own startup come with it, I'm sure. Um, I think the thing which is a little bit unique about what you're doing is that you're operating inside Amazon, which means that uh, I, I'm just curious about what what are the two p- possible outcomes uh, if if mm. we take what you're doing right so the one outcome of course and i'm sure that'll happen is that what you're doing becomes super duper successful right and mm. then jai of course is going to be the next jeff bezos at amazon oh. or something like that right and that that's awesome right um but you know for you know for someone <coughs> you know there could be the question that you know let's say it didn't work out and it, it could have not mm. worked out at any of the number of stages, right? So maybe your idea did just did not get funded or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe after seed stage, you know, customers didn't really like it. You couldn't really meet any metrics. So you don't get your series A round. Mm-hmm. And if you yeah. have to go back to your sort of full-time mm-hmm. job at Amazon, mm-hmm. is, is that a challenge? How do you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. So on the first note, what, what happens when the product is extremely successful? So for our uh, incubation program it's been around for three years so the first pro- project being funded is about to ship so it hasn't been launched yet so therefore on that note i do not have the <laughs> data <laughs> to tell you what will happen to that however other organizations who are doing the type 2 innovation i can give you several examples for example amazon go hmm. amazon go the entire organization was this um, innovation-focused org. They were super secretive until they were launched. So Go went very successful, and they became its own standard business operation, rolling up to a SVP. So that's one of the model of success, where um, I can similarly hypothesize or uh, conclude that pro- uh, programs or initiatives going through our incubation program, when successful, can have a pass of becoming its own business unit, rolling to some, uh, rolling directly to a different organization, being merged to another business that is relevant, or continue to be continue to op- operate in our world. So I think any three of that scenario could be possible. Hmm. And then to your second note, what happened when things go south, or what happened when you know we realize we need other sub- uh, resource, etc. So the first one is. Why am I doing this? My goal of launching my this product and building the product, my success is delivering that experience. And if it turns out, you know, between me and my core team, we need different competencies. I'm, I'm very open in bringing on individual to join the founding team or even a leader to guide us. The reason I said that is it's not uncommon to see for in the startup world, a young team start to grow and then realize at a certain stage they need different type of leaders or different type of um, competencies. Mm-hmm. A new CEO is brought on board. Right. So that could be one scenario. 
um, in those cases, happily to take on whatever role I fit in that organization because co- a founder is a status that never change. And as a founder, my mission is to bring this commitment of customer experience to the world. And there's no ego to that. So that's one scenario. The second scenario is to your point, what if this concept entirely flopped? Mm-hmm. <laughs> entirely failed. Um, well, a in the course of building the business, there's always a chance that the business flops. And if that's the case, find another gig. <laughs> Learn from it, find another gig. Um, not to worry about that. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's the right attitude to have. Okay. Yeah. You know, if you were to think about, you know, five things, three to five things that are unique to you, or maybe not necessarily unique, but things, skills or qualities or things that you did, which really enabled you to get into mm. this position, what do you think they would be? Mm. Um, I would say first one, a lifelong learner, resilient, and patient. These are the three things come out at the top of my mind. The first one, lifelong learner, there's always areas that we can improve on and being strategic about what to learn and what to grow into will help us stay focused. And for my journey of growing, I started by first picking up on the core part of cloud computing and use that as a key to open a new world of innovation. Had I not done that, that learning, I would have not been today where I am. And the second part is about resilient. Resilient means ability, have have the ability to endure the pain and setbacks in the process of growing. My measure of when I know I'm learning and growing is how uncomfortable I am. Because I know when I'm uncomfortable, I'm learning something new. And at the same time, learning something new is painful because that shows that we are, in certain area, not good enough. Therefore, having a very resilient response system will help us stay focused. Again, stay focused, stay motivated, instead of just saying, I'm giving up. And the last part is be patient. In this day and age of, you know, a lot of venture money coming around, everyone wants to be rich fast. But sometimes that may not be the best way to get it, to arrive at our goal. Mm-hmm. And what really helped me getting there is I knew where I want to get to, you know, back in 2014, 2015, when I started to pitch ideas, I, I knew I want to build and I know that I want to be the founder. And therefore, I started by doing very basic base, uh, basic coding problems. I write a pig Latin translator. I wrote a small module for computer vision controlled camera unit. I start from very basic exercise and then work my way up through larger, more complicated problem. And then when I went to socialize my concepts, I started with my peers whom I know and then asked them for referral and talked to 
managers, directors, and VPs. And that whole process took a year, a year and a half. Yeah. And had we had I not had that patience to go through the whole process, I would have not had the humility. I would have not had the amount of organizational awareness to get to uh, where I am. This is awesome, Jai. So actually, one thing which really piqued my interest there is that you mentioned that how you sort of really used this step step up approach or step by step approach, where initially, once you'd built your proposals and ideas, you initially reached out to people that you knew, but then you asked them for referrals, right? So you slowly went up the the ladder, so to say. So what was it that convinced this, you know, a certain VP to actually chat with you? Do you think there was mm. something unique that you said or mm. it was just that, you know, the referral <laughs> was coming from someone that they really trusted? What was happening? Um, so first of all, I wish I have like a one word saying I said that word <laughs> and they loved me. Yeah. <laughs> um, the, 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 the re- reality is really come down to know the business really well. I know the business really well and that earns a trust. And the way to do that is going back to, to say this one example, Amazon photo printing. I started as a site project where I realized it's a, quite a pain for myself as a customer to identify photo printing um, options. And I have to either go to Walgreens and go pick up versus every week, almost every week, every other week, I receive an Amazon box. Wouldn't it make sense for me to receive my photo prints in my Amazon box. It started as simple as that concept. At the same time, I also know that ideas are cheap. Ideas are cheap, but building a very solid business plan takes a lot more effort. So I knew that maybe I'm not the only person thought about this, but I want to at least leverage what people have discussed and also add in my perspective. So part of the reason I did a round of conversation was people outside of our org, but more in, say, camera category, Amazon Photos, their different business is to understand, again, going back to the humility part, is what has been done? Here's my proposal, but what has been done? What else should I consider to make this more polished? How other, how, what are the other ways I can leverage this synergy? And that's what really got the conversation started. I remember for that project, Amazon Photo Printing, I talked to at least probably 30 individuals across the retail category, logistics, shipping, fulfillment, etc., all went through that process and then built a very solid proposal. I captured why in the previous two years, similar concepts have been pitched but didn't get funded. Hmm. And then I also leveraged and talked to this find alliance within teams such as Amazon Photos and there's a print-on-demand service as well, identify the key sponsors. And all having all these aligned, put together a very solid uh, business plan and right. program, and then use that as the way to earn the trust and get the, you know, the sponsorship to move forward. Yeah. And you mentioned that you also had a couple of setbacks and you know why resilience is really important can you mention or you know briefly talk about a major setback that you had um <laughs> that's third one one major one setback is really um for example going back to the photo printing example 
have the whole plan laid out and have great conversation, great um, rapport with multiple business teams. And then it come down to uh, Amazon Photos team saying, yes, we want to build it. But sorry, we don't have headcount. Oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> it's almost like, this is a great idea. We're going to do it. But sorry, you can't be a part of the game. Um, yeah. And so you basically had to give I, the idea to them. So they built it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Which A, I'm so glad this is a great um, customer delight, right? Think about it. Families, mothers uh, who are making collage photo uh, uh, photo books, they now have an easier way to do that. I'm really happy that it is now out of the market and customers use it. So I'm really, really thrilled. And then, and also one thing I've learned from that is in the course of getting where we want to be, there's two parts. A, how ready we are and B, when the opportunity lands. The most ideal case is knowing we can't really control when the opportunity lands, but what we can control is when that opportunity does land, are you ready? So in that specific juncture, when I told, hey, sorry, no opening on the team. Um, it was probably, I, I think I was like kind of in the blues for like a day or two saying, <laughs> oh, yucks. <laughs> yikes. Uh, but then actually, you know, in, in the flip side, A, be grateful. Be grateful the fact that this is, my effort is considered to be yeah. a valuable effort, absolutely. right? It's pretty, it's pretty um, yeah, no, self-enforcing. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I would be thrilled if tomorrow, you know, my idea gets picked up as like, you know, we're going to put solid effort behind it. That's amazing. So, yeah. yeah. And you're yeah. right that, you know, it's, it's a lot about being prepared for the opportunity when it comes along. Yeah. So you're, you're learning throughout all of this, right? So yeah. totally. And also managing through those setbacks is really about learning um, how we respond when things don't go the way we wish. Um, and so I, I think the takeaway is um, being resilient, knowing that the most important thing is we are ready. I am ready. And then, so in that specific juncture, after two days, pat on my shoulder saying, yes, let's use that learning and then use the learning. Let's pivot. And let's fund my next big thing. Yep. So <laughs> very quickly, do you have equity now in this initiative? So great question. The way this program is structured, I do not take equity. Um, there are other programs or other companies out there. For example, Google has a, um, a lab one, two, three, and there are equity discussion over there. Right. Yeah, so I mean, different programs might be structured differently. Yeah. Yep. Correct. Cool. So then, I just have a few more questions from the point of view of someone who is not in Amazon. They're outside Amazon, but they hear your discussion. They're like, "Wow, I, I you know, I, I really want to be in this entrepreneur and residence program." So, mm-hmm. uh, question one: Can I go somewhere online and apply, or is that not an option at all? I think it's going to be pretty hard to find it online um, for, for the reason I mentioned, meaning a lot of time the team do internal sourcing and we find referral. Though I would actually share my rationale with the, te- uh, was the f- 
folks who are interested is please ask ourselves, why are we interested in an entrepreneur in residence program? What does it get us by joining an EIR in a large company versus joining an EIR in a venture-backed company versus going through our own accelerator program or incubator program to do something on our own? I think probably that's a step one question to, to answer. And in my case, the reason I went with the internal incubator option is I was I was drawn by the scale mm. and level of support. Yeah, but I, I think that's a very good point that, you know, if you are interested in a program like this, you should be thinking about what is the best place for you to be doing something like this and why do you even want to do it? If you just want to start something of your own, why not just yeah. do it and, you know, raise funding and all of that as yeah. opposed to go do it at a large company? Yeah, yeah, totally. So the two reasons I, I chose to join the internal incubator is A, the scale and support. Um, the second part is this is my first time my first time launching a commercial product. So by being in an environment where I have the network, where I have a great mentorship, I believed that will add to my chance for success. Mm. And as it turned out a year and a half later, I am getting what I wished for. So these are my two rationale to win for an internal program. Um, but to your point, let's think through why we want to do it and going back to the framework of what is my goal, what is my approach and what is our outcome and decide which is the most appropriate path. Gotcha. Gotcha. Okay. All right. This was super helpful, Jai. Another thing which would be helpful and maybe you can share some links with me out, you know, after the episode, but since you're like a completely self-taught computer whiz, uh, do you have suggestions for you know any courses or any any resources which would be good for someone who is in a similar position back when you were in business school right like they want to just mm. start learning about CS and cloud infrastructure and all of that do you have any recommendations for things that they could start with mm. happy to everyone has their own learning style and I found the best way to get familiarized with all the tech stuff is Get the basics, brought the basics through available online courses, but really get hands-on. Learn by doing. Computer science, unless we talk about, you know, super um, academic, like neural network, et cetera, is really the baseline is a, this is a skill we can learn. Um, so find a small size project, let it be building a website, building a chatbot, um, get hands-on, find a partner, um, so that we can learn through building and doing. Hmm. And was there, do, do you recall any courses or like mm -hmm. uh, any particular things which were good? Because there are so many resources, mm. right? Makes sense. So there are three courses I found in particular um, helpful mm -hmm. for the, the Coursera offers a set of computer science. And I did that with the... Um, Stanford CS 101 and also MIT has their open courseware so they're more advanced specific content and then the third one I used was the CSS school so that's in particular around uh, web and front and coding CSS school provides small modular based um, assignment mm. and also it provides sample codes so I found that's very useful and then Beyond the three foundational ones, there are also a series of 
modular monthly learning. For example, there's this um, website called One Month. I didn't use that myself, but I read great things about it. One month is allow one month allows users to define the goal by the end of the month. Hmm. For example, if I want to get better at the um, computer programming, and then it c- come up with a customized curriculum for that month. Is month by month. Oh, okay. Get better step by step. Interesting. Yeah, that sounds interesting. So, o n e m o n t h dot com. One month, correct. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Awesome. All right. So this is helpful. I, I mean, honestly, Jai, I have to say, I mean, you and I knew each other a little bit in business school, and I'm honestly like hats off to you. I think, I think you've done a tremendous job of even uh, you know managing life in business school, which can be you know <laughs> stressful. Uh, but then you know all that you're doing at Amazon, and yeah, once again. Congratulations on all that you've achieved, and uh, I hope that what you're doing becomes super successful. And this new business unit in Amazon that we'll <laughs> all be uh, very proud of. Uh, any parting advice you'd like to share with people who are still relatively early in their careers and have pretty much all of it ahead of them? Ah, uh, thank you for the compliment. I would say going back to being. Tenacious, being resilient. Resilient is a habit. Let's get in that habit, and that's one thing really get us far. And then I would add、um, two note for what helps me to remain sane <laughs> and quote unquote successful in what I'm doing. The first one is good health. So I would say the, the time when we learn coding, when we learn new things, let's also work out. Let's do like do workout, you know, thirty minutes a day. That's also in the long run. One thing I noticed from Jeff in the meeting is he is really fit. All、oh, the、yeah. great leaders are also really fit because they know investing in our health, one dollar when we're younger, and turns more、uh, return later. And then the second part is remain grateful. Things can be hard at times. Not everything according to our need, but being grateful will ground us. And being grateful of all the learning opportunity present themselves, and that will make us be more appreciative about the situation. And when the opportunity comes, I think we'll be ready, more ready, actually. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Thanks a lot, Jai. I cannot think of a better way to end the podcast. Thank you so much. And、uh, it's late; it's ten p.m. So I appreciate you taking time <laughs> right after getting back from work. So thank、Aww. you, and I hope you get some sleep now. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Take care. Thank you, Smiley. Bye. Bye. All right. I hope you enjoyed the discussion. Just before you leave. Do remember to sign up for our newsletter on our website learneducatediscover.com, where we share updates on new episodes, a lot of career-oriented resources, and a lot of other inspiring stories and videos and podcasts that we find online. So do check it out at learneducatediscover.com. You'll also find the library of all the other podcasts that we've done in the past on the website. Of course, if you have any questions at all, or if you just want to say hello, you can always email us. Just drop us a mail at hello at learneducatediscover dot com or tweet at us at led underscore curator. That's led underscore c u r a t o r.
Of course, you can like us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash learn, educate, discover. Or you can also subscribe to the podcast on either iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher or wherever you listen to your podcasts. All right, that's it for today. Thank you so much for listening and for your time. And until the next one, bye-bye.